Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. Welcome back again to the programme. My name is Lorraine Buckley, joined in studio this morning by John Keeley. And we have a very special guest in our uh, studio this morning. We'd like to welcome back again, Michael Keating. Thank you, Lorraine. Michael, you're here to talk to us about the beautiful feast day that's coming up next Wednesday, 15th of January. Tell us who are we celebrating? Well, 15th of January, Feast of St. Dieter. She's patroness of our diocese. And in the Limit Diocese, it's um, in the church's calendar, it's celebrated as a feast day. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the country celebrates as a memorial. And as opposed to people in Kaledi, it's just simply called St. Isaac's Day. It's yeah. a big day in the parish, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's the parish holiday in Kaledi. And next Wednesday, there is Mass, a concelebrated Mass in Rahina at 11 o'clock. And the main concelebrant is Bishop Brendan Leahy. And we are delighted to have him because it's his first St. Isaac's Day in the diocese, and we're over the moon to have the bishop for that day. And Wednesday night in Ashford at 7.30, there's Mass. And in preparation for the feast day, starting on Tuesday morning after the 10 a.m. Mass in Lahina, there will be 24-hour adoration before the Blessed Sacrament in the sacristy in Lahina. And we started it last year, and it was a wonderful success, and people came over for 24 hours and spent the time with our Lord in preparation for the feast day. Isn't that a beautiful way to prepare for a feast, though, Michael? Time spent. It's the proper way to spend time with the Lord. Exactly. It's the proper way. So, now, a lot of listeners will know the story of St. Ida very well, but just for maybe some of the mightn't mm-hmm. know the story, Ida was born in County Waterford around the year 480. We don't know the exact year of her, her birth. And we're told she died in the year, around the year 570 on the mm-hmm. 15th of January. And by my calculations, that's 1,444 years. Wow. This feast has been celebrated. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that, and I said, how did it last so long? You know, through the, all the raids we had in the country, Vikings, the Normans, the penal times, the mm-hmm. Reformation, and it's still been celebrated. And it brought me back to the Acts of the Apostles, when Peter and John were arrested for preaching about the resurrection. And Gamaliel, the Pharisee, intervened, and he said, look, he says, if this is of human origin, he says, it will die away of its own accord. But he said, if it's from God, he says, you will not stop it. And he said, take care that the find is fighting against God. You know, and this devotion to St. Ida must be from God to last so long. Exactly. So it's hard to imagine it could last so long. But this year, you know, I was thinking about what we do in the programme, mm-hmm. and we've dealt fairly well in the history for the last couple of years. So I said this year, maybe, could we look at um, the life of St. Ida and... What Ida would say to us today in the year 2014? Mm. You know, if Ida was alive, what would she say to us? But I suppose the truth is, she'd say very little because she didn't do a lot of talking. <laughs> she was a doer. <laughs> she mm. was. She and really was. She didn't leave any writings or any big long thesis on how to live life. She just lived it as she thought she could, or the best she mm-hmm. could, close to God, and people followed her. They came in the droves to Khalidi because of this holy woman. Mm. And... Um, I suppose the first thing Ida would say, and the first thing we notice in her life, is this personal life of holiness. Ida was a very young girl, about 14 or 15, very prayerful girl, and she had this call from God to to take the veil of virginity and to be a bride of Christ. And um, she met a lot of opposition from her father, who had a marriage arranged for her with a local prince. Now, one thing I must say out here, Ida was a princess. Mm -hmm. She was not a poor person, she was a wealthy person, 
born into royalty, and um, but she renounced all that and took the veil of virginity from the bishop down in Mosman at the time and left her own country, guided only by the Holy Spirit, and we're told three lights that guided her across the country, the, the Galtes, the, the, the which was the meadow of faith, which today is Kiledi. And, um, and I suppose the, the first thing I would tell us, we have to lead a life of prayer. Mm-hmm. No matter how busy we are, we must spend this time in prayer. And even though I was in the community of nuns, where she would pray the, mm-hmm. with the community, mm-hmm. of course. We're told she had her own cell built away from the community where she would go to pray and to spend time with the Lord. And there's a story told of one nun who was curious and who followed her, and she saw this cell being lit up by no known light, you know, one night. And um, so I just wants us to spend time in prayer, just to take that time out. Because that's mm-hmm. in the gospel as well. Jesus exactly. himself said to the apostles, he said, Look, we have to go away and spend time in prayer. He mm-hmm. said, They were too busy, you know, they mm-hmm. couldn't even pray. And um, so with the prayer, then Ita was big into fasting. Mm. Now, and the story told again about well, the angel reprimanded her because she overdid the fasting. So, like, but she would promote fasting, giving up so many things. I mean, regulated fasting now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And but all her miracles all stems from her prayer life and her devotion to the Blessed Trinity. Absolutely. And of course, like we, we kind of look at the saints and think, sure, they were great. They were made for holiness. But I can't do that, which is completely untrue. It's, it's a tiny bit of a cop-out, actually, if we say that we can't be holy because we're made for holiness. We're made for God. We're made to be in communion with him. And we're going to touch a little bit on that in the second part of the program where we look at baptism. But we're made for holiness, Michael, aren't we? Yeah. We love to leave holiness to the next person, you see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, or to the wife, maybe. Or she, she goes to mass and she goes yeah. to mass. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'll do me. Like, you know what I mean? It won't do me. <laughs> exactly. Um, and even prayer, as you said, um, Michael, prayer um, is described as a covenant. It's a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a relationship between us and God. And if we're not spending time on that relationship, then no matter how much God wants us to have that relationship with him, it can't all be one-sided, can it? No, no. You see, we can see this from all the saints, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, they spent their time in prayer, they spent close to God. Mm-hmm. And people were drawn to them. Mm-hmm. People were drawn to Kalidia. Not because Ida was a princess, but because of her holiness. Mm-hmm. Her prayer, how she was so close to God. Mm-hmm. And the miracles didn't stem from that. You know, they brought people from all over Munster to Ida because they knew she had the power of healing and all this. You know, but it came from her, her life with God. And I suppose the second point about Ida would be... You know, a simplicity of life and, I suppose, a detachment, a certain detachment from mm. earthly things and especially the love of money. You know, Ita could have, if I had loved money and loved power, she could have stayed in Waterford. Exactly. She, she renounced all that and um, she came to Kaliti. But she was a very practical woman as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had a community nuns. They had um, stuff. They couldn't <laughs> live in fresh air. And um, it seems self-sufficient and very industrious nuns there. And, mm-hmm. you know, she knew about making ends meet as well. She was very practical sensible woman. Mm-hmm. I suppose in, in our own days we could, we could look at it how can I detach myself from stuff? We might have the mortgage which we have to pay, we might have children that we have to feed, but how can we become detached from material things? And it might be as simple as turning off the TV for half an hour at night and spending that half hour reading the Bible or maybe saying the rosary or doing a little meditation or whatever it might be because the whole point of detachment is you're, you're detaching yourself from one thing to put God in its place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the next point I would like to hit on is, I suppose, about passing on the faith to children. 
Mm. No, but praying with the, as I am sure I would tell us to pray with our children, you know, read the Bible stories for them, tell them about the life of Jesus. And of course, this was Isis, surely her greatest gift of all was passing on the faith to children because mm-hmm. it earned her the title of the foster mother of the saints of Ireland. These are the Celtic saints of Ireland now. They all looked up to Isis as their foster mother. Mm-hmm. Now, some she fostered in Kaledi and the most north would be in St. Brendan. You know, a lot of people don't know that, that he was fostered in Kaledi. Mm-hmm. He spent probably six or seven years in Kaledi. And um, but it just tells the importance of spending time with children and praying with them. Mm. And the legacy I had left them like was just unbelievable. And, you know, there's a prayer garden up in Muffin, Donegal, and they have Ita down there as the foster mother of the Twelve Apostles of Ireland, saints I never heard of, but mm-hmm. she obviously influenced all those Celtic saints. Mm-hmm. And of course, we all have a role in that as well. Saint Ita wasn't a physical mother, like I, I'm not a physical mother of children, but I have a role as a spiritual mother, either by praying for people or by living a good example, or you know, in whatever ways we come in contact with children in our lives, to be that positive example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the next point I'd like to bring out is uh, about praying for, you know, asking God for direction in our lives. You know, sometimes we set off and we, I want to do this, you know, I want to do medicine, I want to do accountancy, but do we ever stop to ask what God wants us to do? Mm-hmm. And I think this is brought out beautifully in the story of Isis's two sisters. You know, Isis's two sisters, first of all, um, Fiona followed her from Waterford. Mm-hmm. And she asked to join the convent, and she joined the convent, became a nun with Isis in Kaledia. And after a few years, we are told in the history that Isis's mother died, so her sister Nessa came to Kaledia. And of course, everybody presumed automatically Nessa was going to become a nun as well. Nessa mm-hmm. came to join the convent. She wanted to join the convent, but Isis said, No, she said, wait and pray, she said. So Nessa was obviously very upset because mm-hmm. she said, What's wrong with me? You know, my sister was good enough for the convent. Why am I not good enough for the convent? So Ida said her vocation was married life. Mm-hmm. And Nesta was upset about this. But eventually Nesta, through prayer, waiting on God's calling, she discovered that her path to heaven was a straight path through married life. Mm-hmm. She could see the road straight to heaven in front of her. And she married the Thatcher in Kennedy, who was beaten, and became the, f- the mother of St. Mokomog, who had a big monastery over near Tullis in Tipperary. <laughs> wow. so, by following God's will, you know, into the married life, she, she was the mother of this great saint who mm-hmm. set up a massive monastery over there. Mm-hmm. You know, can you imagine if she didn't, if she went into the convent and didn't, she wouldn't have fulfilled God's plan. Mm-hmm. So there's many, there's many ways to heaven, isn't there, Michael? Like we all have a particular role, whatever it is, whether it's married life or single life or religious life or priesthood. There's so many different ways to heaven. And I suppose I'd like to hit out that point particularly to young people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough today, you know, maybe you're going to college, you'll, you'll come out with a degree, and you say, there's nothing there for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe stop and pray that God will just turn you the right direction, you know, the way he wants you to go. Um, next point, I suppose, is the charisms of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Now, can you explain to us what a charism is, Michael, if, if somebody gifts, doesn't know it? Uh, the gifts, uh, this, you know, spiritual gifts are the, the Holy Spirit. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, mm-hmm. the charisms are mentioned. Um, healing, faith, healing, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits and tongues and interpretation of tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, we know miracles were worked through Aita. God worked miracles through Aita. He gave her this great gift of discerning spirits. You know, people are in all sorts of trouble. I could straight away could discern proper right, proper wrong. You know, mm-hmm. She had these incredible gifts. You know, 
I'm sure she'll be very much at home with 1 Corinthians 12, and she'll be very much at home in the charismatic meeting. <laughs> she will understand it 100%. Sure. Um, and I suppose you know, we'll be talking about the baptism of our Lord later mm-hmm. on and mm-hmm. coming down with the Holy Spirit. But you know, we receive the Holy Spirit in baptism, we receive the gifts in confirmation, but I often remember what happens mm-hmm. after confirmation. You know, do we nurture those gifts and you know, bring them out after confirmation? Sometimes they just align dormant there for years and never touch them. Exactly, and I'm sure even St. Ida would say as well that the greatest of the gifts that we receive are faith, hope and love. And it's by exercising faith, hope and love that we can begin to use and recognise the other, the charismatic gifts within ourselves as well. Um, one other thing I suppose um, Ida's name was originally Theatre Okay But it was changed The bishop down there changed it to Ida Which means Tusts for God Oh beautiful and I think it's a beautiful name yeah. And it reminds me of Psalm 63 Tusts for God You know mm-hmm. If I could I'd love to just read Maybe have I time to read yeah. one verse John mm-hmm. here God you are my God I pine for you My heart tusts for you My body longs for you as the land passed, dreary and waterless, thus I gaze on you in the sanctuary, seeing your power and your glory. Mm. I'm sure right uh, that Sam, she probably made mm. it her own. Mm. And I suppose maybe just, so John, did you want to say no, something there? Uh, maybe to sum up, you know, one girl followed God's call. She was mm. probably 14 or 15. She listened, she had God's calling, she answered God's call. Mm. And look at the results. Mm-hmm. There was a huge monastic settlement built in Kaledi. It you know, spread right throughout Munster. Her foster children were all over Munster and in further afield. You'll see you know, statues sent out all over West Cork, Kerry, Ferris Tipperary. You'll see them everywhere. You'll see stained glass windows. Why? Because one girl followed God's call as mm-hmm. a young girl and did what God wanted her. No, I, I, I was just thinking there, Michael, you know as you were nominating all those various things that I would say, and I thought, there's nothing that we all can't do. You mentioned prayer. We can all pray. Pray, as Lorraine said, you know, having that relationship with God. Simplicity. Detachment. Passing on the faith to children, spiritual children or human children. Asking God for direction. And asking for gifts of the Holy Spirit. There were beautiful things that you just mentioned to us that you reckon St. Ida would be asking us to do today. And it's not out of our bounds to do it. It's not hard PhD stuff. No. It's ordinary stuff that we it's can do. It's ordinary order. stuff. She was a very simple, ordinary woman. Mm-hmm. Which was extraordinary results mm-hmm. when she did job from her life. You know, and the proof of it is we're still talking about it today and still celebrating it today. Beautiful. And I think I think that invitation that you have for us, Michael, here's what will happen if we follow God's will. Mm-hmm. Imagine what could happen in our lives if we follow God's will. Well, if you look at the gospel, like Jesus had only 12 apostles. Mm-hmm. And look at what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. but, and they were powerless until the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost. Mm-hmm. They were fearful men. They were locked away in a room. But when the Holy Spirit came, they were different people. Absolutely. It's time for a piece of music now and the piece we're going to take is from the album Faith of Our Fathers and indeed it's entitled Faith of Our Fathers but of course we must remember the faith of our mothers too the faith of all those who have gone before us. Faith of our fathers 
fight of dungeon, fire, and sword. Oh, how our hearts beat high with joy whenever we hear that glorious word. Faith of our fathers, holy faith, we Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.